0: Hello and welcome to Talking Cop from Bankers for Net Zero. I'm Naomi Kerbel and you're joining me on the ground in Sharm el Sheikh, where business leaders, policymakers, activists, and artists have come together to take action towards achieving the world's collective climate goals. So, as before, we are in the green zone on the Bankers for Net Zero pavilion. So, excuse a bit of background noise, but excitingly, today we even have a live studio audience. <laughs> They are. Today, I'm joined by James Vaccara, Executive Director of the Climate Safe Lending Network. Hi, James.
1: Hi, Naomi. Great to be here.
0: So, first impressions of COP this year. What are you hoping for?
1: Well, this year is really about implementation. It's an action COP. So, yes, last year it was all about the the, the commitments, and this is about the follow through, which is a lot harder when it comes to finance because there's a lot of the devil in the detail. What I think that really we've kind of set out now is the, the things like transition plans, which connect. Measuring where you are and the targets you want to get to, and say, Well, what's the strategy that's going to connect that journey? But it's still the preparation. And I think what people want to see is what's the action going to look like? So, how are banks going to exit from the activities which are causing the problems? How are they going to transition all of their businesses and homes and buildings and other kind of financial activities which need to get to the other side and how they're going to start to finance the innovations for new emerging climate solutions that's going to be the proof of the pudding and that's what's ultimately going to be the determinant as to whether we get to within climate safe goals
0: and then in terms of the action do you think that then pushes through to COP28?
1: I think that there's, it's a rolling process and it's not just about COP, it's not the only kind of thing. This is obviously predominantly something for governments. It's now become more momentum for non-state actors. What we're seeing alongside this though is that it's got a bit of a heartbeat. So the Net Zero Banking Alliance, the G-Fans, the Glasgow Finance Alliance for Net Zero, people are putting out announcements, updates, progress reports, more guidance all the time. And it's it's being able to build on that momentum and ask, are the promises being kept and is what's being disclosed really kind of meeting what we see in in reality.
0: Now one of the things that you've been focused on is carbon bankroll and this is this concept that major corporations hold cash on their balance sheet and a lot of it. Apple has around $200 billion in the last decade. And earlier this year, you came together with Bank Forward and the Outdoor Policy Outfit to put out a report which showed that corporate cash and investments are a major source of emissions. So tell me, what is needed to help companies who are keen to promote a really deep change across their whole supply chain?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it was a fascinating report to be part of because... Most people don't really think about what their money in the bank actually does. So they're not really kind of connected Now they think of it actually as physically sitting there. Whereas, of course, it is always being lent out to businesses and the real economy and all of those activities have got real climate impact. Now, with these large global companies and it's not just Apple and it's Microsoft and Meta and Facebook, all the rest of them, they have got sometimes some of the most advanced supply chain sustainability strategies that you could possibly see. However, when you sort of say, well, what about your financial supply chain? Because all of that cash that's on their balance sheet is being invested through the financial system with a corresponding climate impact. They sort of say, oh, we've never really thought about that before. And it's massive. So this is 13 companies with over a trillion dollars. It's absolutely gargantuan, and they can do so much if they... It's not just about changing banks. I mean, it's about being able to recognise the agency they have, which is a, pretty, a lot of agency compared to sort of most individuals, in being able to sort of say, well, we've got these climate goals. I think Apple's trying to get the whole of its supply chain to be net zero by 2030. It needs to think about how can it optimise its agency with its financial partners and the bonds that it buys and the banks that it uses to be able to influence them and maybe sort of diversify what they, what they do with their money.
0: How is the Climate Safe Lending Network helping them to do that?
1: So what we do, Climate Safe Lending Network, which is a collaboration of banks and investors and regulators and academics and think tanks and ngos and campaigners we're trying to approach this question from every single conceivable angle and companies it was well that's that's they've got their own thing over there so we first of all always try to just kind of shift the kind of the the lens to try and say actually you're part of this picture and what we try to do is to connect to some of the actions and, and the bankers who are putting together new products like green corporate bonds and green corporate deposits, and sort of say, well, okay, this is, this is great if you wanted to just kind of badge up a product, but what we're really needing is for those banks to actually move the whole of their businesses, because if you just said, hey, look, you can you've got a green you can put a green label on this particular deposit what it probably means is that the next company who doesn't ask for one of those is getting all the kind of the it's getting all the non-green stuff in there Mm -hmm. so how do you actually use those demand signals which might come from companies might come from individuals to really be a a driver of holistic change across the whole of the whole of the bank their business model
0: And there is a lot of uncertainty about what all of this means in terms of climate change. We know the general way that it's going and people, companies have designed scenarios and pathways to figure out for them what it means. How do you figure out though which one to use? Because you have these diverging scenarios of how things are going to unfold.
1: Scenarios, it's a wonderful thinking tool. Um, I was a strategy director for seven years and scenarios are there because you can't always tell the future. So you need to have these credible stories of how the future might unfold. And a lot of the time regulators might use it to do stress tests. They say, well, what if if this was to happen? Or what if 180 degrees reverse opposite was, was to happen? And so you've got this range of different scenarios, not just about what might happen in the world and the climate that we have, but also how quickly different industries transition. Then different banks will say, well, we could use those scenarios to inform the pathway, as in the plans, all of the decisions that they made, the, the policies that they apply to their lending criteria, all of those kind of things define their pathway. Now, because there's divergence in the scenarios, because they're all, that's the point, they're all supposed to be different. There's also going to be divergence in the pathways that banks choose. So if you were a bank who financed a lot of oil, say, you could choose scenarios where oil pretty much gets phased out really, really quickly, and that would be very, very difficult. Or you could choose a scenario, a a pathway and a scenario where oil kind of gets phased out slowly and everybody else does the hard work gas, coal, other mm-hmm. technologies for carbon dioxide removal. And then ones who are doing coal sort of do the same but for coal. And if you end up with banks choosing or any financial institution choosing the most convenient, as in the sort of the, the ones which is gonna be less difficult for them, then what you get on aggregate is not one and a half degrees. So even if every bank in the whole world was to choose a one and a half degree pathway, and to be clear, they're they're not right now. But even if they were, collectively, they'd be overshooting. And they'd probably be overshooting by quite a long way because so many of the scenarios include investment in technologies which are not really being invested in right now. Carbon dioxide removal technologies, CCS, that's not necessarily, it might happen, it's not, incredible to think that it might happen but i mean it's not necessarily prudent to be able to be basing our assumptions on that right now so we need to think about how do we collectively monitor what all of these pathways add up to and if it's kind of blowing the carbon budget for one and a half degrees then even though it's going to be hard for a lot of financial institutions to swallow because these targets are not easy right now they might need to shave off even more and have even more aggressive emissions reductions targets
0: so so how do we get to a point where we are all singing from the same hymn sheet banks aren't able to do it on their own is it legislation is it governments that we have to fall back upon to provide that carrot
1: yeah i mean ultimately it is there was some discussions between g fans the global financial alliance for net zero which is all of the financial institutions and the race to zero and there was a sort of a question which came up which was well who should be marking the homework and enforcing anything and it's not really the UN's job necessarily to be telling banks or investors what to do but it is regulators jobs to exactly do that it's regulators jobs to say this is something which we can allow you to do, but this is, the, this is the parameters upon which you can operate within. There was something which came out in this COP, so Secretary-General Guterres had a high-level expert group specifically looking at the net zero targets which have been been committed to and saying, well, in order for these to be authentic and realistic, we need more scrutiny. We need to make sure that you can't have... Um, net zero targets saying that they're one and a half degree aligned and then financing new fossil fuel infrastructure people have said well you can't turn the taps off this isn't about turning the taps off this is literally about financing there being more taps and more of them being switched (laughs) on so obviously and and guterres was as as he does get quite emotional about these things he said this sham must end it's blatant greenwashing but in order to enforce it it won't be the UN, it's the system of regulators. So this is where, whether it's the Basel Committee, the, the securities regulators, but the ones who are in, in their day-to-day relationships with financial institutions saying what is acceptable or not, repricing risk, setting the capital rules. Climate Safe Lending Network does a lot of work with bankers and with regulators on the capital rules. All of those kind of things, which is the, the fundamental driving architecture for how decisions are made within banks. That has to be aligned on a global basis. So there was a call to action from the Net Zero Banking Alliance this week. There was a call to action from Glasgow Finance Alliance for Net Zero saying, hey, look, financial institutions can't do it all by themselves we need governments to act the only thing that they forget is that financial regulation is exactly part of that government action that is required they need governments to give the mandates to financial regulators and say hey look stop that flow of finance into the things which are causing the problem which is sending us off course
0: Now, how does all of this fit in with Bankers for Net Zero? I mean, I think you've laid out the stool already because Bankers for Net Zero is the UK chapter, the first country chapter of the Net Zero Banking Alliance. So tell us a little bit more about how you are collaborating with them.
1: Yeah, so when all of the commitments are set and all of these protocols and things are being disclosed, all of that melts away. You've just got bankers people who people work in a
0: room <laughs> in
1: a bank, well or, or not in a room, they go and they speak to clients yeah. and you have to ask the question what is going to change next week next month next year when the banker is in front of their client and what's the nature of the conversation they're having how are they going to be helping to accelerate those transitions from businesses from homeowners and, and, and property owners, uh, whether it's infrastructure manufacturing, or the whole range of sectors, what is it they do? so they need to learn how to structure new products they need to think about how are they going to advise their clients how are they 're going to make sense of the complex range of data, how are they're going to make new connections between different partners to be able to support their clients in their journeys what insights could they reflect back to sort of maybe sort of say, hey, you know, you're not actually doing as well as some of your peers in your sector, so perhaps you might want to consider these different approaches. And I think that those kind of actions on the ground, building capacity amongst individual bankers, having bankers connect with their peers across institution, pre-competitive collaboration, is what's going to be required to have a culture that the bankers now are going to be seen to add value by advising, by being able to be agents of the transition, not just allocating the money. There's plenty of technology which can allocate the money. They need to think how are they going to redefine those relationships and Bankers for Net Zero in the UK context is doing that. There's regional chapters and other things. There's going to be inspiration within a country uh, framework where there's common legislation and there's going to be inspiration you can draw upon from Many different countries in the world, in different continents, in different contexts, and that—that's the fabric that we're weaving as Climate Safe Lending Network. We've got a fellowship of, of practitioners, of bankers. We we bring in this whole 360-degree set of stakeholders to give that sort of like rounded sense of well, where might the ideas be? Because. None of us have got all the pieces of the puzzle here. We need to keep on turning the soil, we need to keep on bringing in new ingredients, new ideas to be able to go faster in the transition for our existing clients, to go further in terms of the new emerging innovations and climate solutions and to go fairer in terms of a just transition in terms of really being able to integrate social justice in this, this climate transition in the decades
0: ahead. And James, final question, which I'm asking all of my guests here on Talking Cop. What are you individually doing to make a difference? Clearly, you've already said about the Climate Safe Lending Network. But what are you doing as an individual? And what's the one recommendation you would give to the audience listening about what they can do?
1: I think that actually one of the things which we do when we run our Climate Safe Lending Network learning labs is we, we centre around an interesting question, which is what's mine to own?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And in a sense, that could be quite a personal question in terms of, well, what, what are my gifts, strengths, talents? What am, I, what am I here for? How can I best connect to that? I do a lot of work in education. I speak to a lot of folk. And in a way, one of the things which I get up thinking about is how can I help reframe this challenge Not to be able to preach to people about what the answers should be and to be the last word on things, but to constantly think about how can we reframe this to give people better questions, to be the first word, to be able to open up different doorways to maybe make their own breakthroughs. Um, And increasingly, that's how... I perceive my own role in this kind of this 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 fabric I do a number of different things in this climate space But I think that the more that we can open up people's minds inspire give you know Encourage their own imagination and collaboration with others to be able to say well Actually, maybe I haven't collaborated with this other group because I'm not sure I could learn anything from them Just suspending that disbelief and actually meeting those individuals where they are and really opening themselves up to the insights so that is the that's the place that's the, the fertile seam of innovation uh, and that's my own kind of you know inquiry and journey
0: so that's the call to action how do people get involved how do they find out about those learning labs
1: so Climate Safe Lending Network, it's, it's, it's open for anyone to join. In fact, we don't really have membership per se, we, we kind of talk about participants in the network because the only honest sort of thing that you can have is, is like it's whoever shows up and we're open to, to stakeholders, However you're connected to the banking sector, if you're there with that willing spirit to be able to contribute to this shared question of how are we really going to accelerate this decarbonisation, how are we going to really understand how we can make it work for the bankers, for the climate, then you're, you're all welcome. So we have, we have a website, we're on social media, we're doing quite a few events here and we've got some more later on this week and people are very welcome to join us.
0: James, thank you very much for coming on Talking Cop and good luck this week. Thanks so much. Bankers for Net Zero will be hosting a programme of thought-leading events at COP27 at Stand P9 in the Green Zone or you can follow them via their website bankersfornetzero.co.uk and go to the COP-specific page. And subscribe to this podcast to get episodes of Talking Cop as soon as they drop oh, that rhymed, on the ground here at Sharm El Sheikh. You've been listening to Talking Cop from Bankers for Net Zero.